How's it going, everybody? This is Justin Sloan, and this is Just In Our Minds, and I'm here with my buddy, Chris Reed. All right. Hey there. So, uh, me and Chris know each other from uh, a few gyms, I guess, now. <laughs> so, we became working out buddies and being able to hang out and stuff like that. Um, he has a pretty cool story uh for from what i've understood and what i've heard uh he has a really cool job and he has a lot of really fun hobbies so i'll let him get into that and uh then we'll go forward and uh look into a quote we decided to write down and talk about after that yeah so my name is chris reed and i am a stuntman actor model um been doing that for about 10 years now i'm originally from the pacific northwest and grew up doing gymnastics and a lot of outdoor adventure type of things that my dad got me into at a young age. And that kind of just paved the path for me to find my current career. Uh, moved down to LA um, in 2012 and moved there originally for acting because that's what I majored in in college. And through living there, I kind of found stunts and that's been the main main goal in the career for few years now or six or seven years now and now I kind of try to do as much as I can in the film and TV industry and um, I moved out to Utah with my wife about a year ago because we wanted to get out of the craziness of LA and uh, get closer to the mountains and around less people but I still will go back to LA and kind of all over the world for work and it's been great just being based out of out of Salt Lake and uh, getting to meet Justin and getting to do a lot of fun stuff in the mountains out here. So what do you think was one of the original biggest hurdles for you going uh, into like stunt? Like originally, did you just want to do acting or have you always wanted to do stunts, training, stuff like that? Or, or, or was there like, is there like a a beginning point to where that door opened for you. Yeah, I originally wanted to just do acting. Um, I, like I said, I did gymnastics growing up, and um, that was kind of just always, you know, in the background, the background skill that I had. But you know, I went to college for acting and decided I wanted to act in movies and TV, and so moved to LA with just that in mind. And through acting, I met one guy in particular. Um, a good friend of mine who was already in stunts and you know when I mentioned that I did gymnastics and you know rock climbed and windsurfed and all this he, he said hey you should try doing stunts a little bit and so he actually introduced me to another a couple other people who um, and he got me a job and you know the years went by and he would every once in a while just throw me a stunt job or they needed a guy who could like you know do a high fall or just do like a backflip or something like that and through those first experiences I just realized it was a ton of fun um, the stunt team on any film or TV production is in my opinion just they're the coolest guys on set um, when the stunt is going on in filming everyone stops and watches so it's kind of they take the spotlight which is really cool but also it's just a it's a group of professionals from tons of really cool backgrounds <clears throat> like you could be working with a guy one day who is an ex uh, NASCAR driver or the next you know he's an ex world champion 
kickboxer or something like that. And so it's a lot of professionals from physical backgrounds and um, just most, most of the time super down to earth people, very disciplined and more grounded than what I was find, finding in the acting world. So over the years, I was finding that I just related more with stunt people than actors. Obviously, there are a ton of great actors who are nice people, but... It's probably, what, like 10%, you know, <laughs> depending on where you're at. That Maybe being on sets yeah. and stuff like that, some of the times you... You're much more likely to run into a crazy actor than a crazy stunt person. Exactly. The stunt person might be crazy in the aspect of them just being a daredevil mm -hmm. of some sort, but most of the time they're very smart, calculated, grounded people. Because you have to be, right? Yeah. <laughs> in that aspect. Yeah, if you want to have... A long career you have to be smart you're you're not just like evil can evil daredevil you're calculated with and talented and you use your talents in the best possible way so yeah it was it was a few variables that made me lean towards stunts more but um it was that my that initial um guy that i met who's now a really good friend of mine who he introduced me to it and um, after a few years of him just kind of casually throwing me a job every now and then, I made an intention to, you know, really make stunts my main career choice. And when I set the intention out there, you know, the jobs started coming and I started meeting more people higher up in stunts and started getting larger jobs. And then it started becoming a pretty successful career. So what do you think were some of the biggest hurdles for you um, transitioning from acting to stunt coordinating? Would that be the term? Or stunting? Stunt performing, stunt stunting. Performing. Yeah, yeah, stunting, whatever. I guess whatever you want to... Yeah, there's no official yeah. term or whatever, but biggest hurdle I think is just uh, getting your name out there. It's definitely an industry of based around who you know um, mainly stunt coordinators. They're the ones who do the hiring. So it's not like there's an agent that you can just sit back and let them do all the work. You have to do all your own work and networking, making sure that people know who you are, what your skills are, but not come across as, you know, cocky or desperate. Yeah, exactly. You, you know, <clears throat> so I think, yeah, the biggest hurdle I think was just, uh, getting my name out there and, introducing myself to the stunt community um, since I you know I was already in LA for a number of years just trying to pursue acting so I had a lot of a lot of ground to make up you know trying to just meet people who were already in the industry um, but other than that you know it, it was kind of a path of least resistance for me because of my background it was easier for me to I had a this base skill of gymnastics, which is looked upon pretty highly in the stunt community. A lot of ex-gymnasts go into stunts, so it's really obvious you're, that... You're I, like molded for it, you know? Kind of, yeah. yeah like yeah. unintentionally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was lucky enough to grow up doing that sport and a few other sports that really serve it, you know, um, that just helped me with body awareness and just all the basics that you need for stunts. So I was able to pick up more martial arts stuff pretty quickly and, um, and other things. Yeah, body awareness is such an 
underdeveloped skill set, I think, in a majority of people. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. it's, it's just wild. Like, because for you, like, watching you move and you, for you being the size you are, because um, you're a pretty decent sized guy for how mobile and how, like, aerial you can be. And it's just wild to think that some people can't even balance on one foot, you know, let alone yeah. doing a flip <laughs> off of a roof and hope and like it's, having to aim where you're landing. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's the age of watching fail videos on Instagram yeah. and you see how uncoordinated some people can be. And it's, it's, it's pretty <laughs> surprising. That girl that front flipped into the boat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You, uh, she missed the whole ocean. Yes. First try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's pretty amazing. So, um... What were some of your top like favorite stunts or favorite movies that you've been in? You could do. I mean, I'm sure you've been in plenty. You've told me a bunch. Uh, like top five or maybe ones that like there was something that like you told me about like the the car like getting hit by cars like a uh, mm-hmm. a, a rite of passage for for uh, yeah. your your field. <laughs> yeah, the car one. I can't really say what it was for, or who it was for, but yeah, that was yeah my first car hit. Um, was definitely a that's one of the top moments in the career for me just because it it was on a pretty high profile film for um, a pretty big actor doubling them and um, and working for a director that I really looked up to so I got to work with these people for a couple weeks and in that got to do a car hit and um, it was the first one and it all went according to plan, which, you know, working with a vehicle and um, with what you want to, the way you want it to turn out doesn't always happen, but this time it did. So I was, you know, the nerves leading into it all paid off and all the prep. Um, As far as, you know, top projects I've worked on, I think number one, or I know number one is the new Matrix film, definitely. Just, you know, the first Matrix came out and I saw it six or seven times in theaters. And so that was one of the first action movies that I was just absolutely obsessed with. And so being able to work on that new one was just a dream come true. And it's like it come full circle for you. Crazy. Yeah. How it, how it was kind of full circle and, um, and just got getting to work with a ton of other stunt performers and professionals who have been in the business for years and years and who are so knowledgeable and talented. It was insane being around them. But, um, and just, that was at the time the largest production I've ever been a part, like the budget, the size of the crew, everything. So just getting to see this behemoth of a production work and being a part of it was just incredible. It, it didn't feel like a job at all. It And like, frankly, it, never really feels like a job it's it's always so fun to just play pretend and you know right? shoot it's, fake guns yeah exactly being able to keep that creativity and that like kid alive yeah over the years of me doing like 24 different jobs a lot of them like they almost take that away from you it's like finding finding the child in you it's like you know like we spend so much time trying to grow up to be adults and then once we become adults mm-hmm. like we just want recess again yeah it's i mean that's the beef I have with our education system is you're merely put into just an assembly line and taught just how to memorize shit. Yeah. And just when we learn how to stand up and 
talk as we're taught. Yeah. We are just in that same instant told to shut up and sit down. Yeah, just shut up, listen, and repeat after me. And so we're, everything goes against us to, you know, just dull down our creativity. Yeah, I would love, I think me and Frankie were talking about that is like they, in the, like the Renaissance periods or in Rome, they had like, like you did everything. I mean, yeah, we have our class and different things like that, but they, they would pick, you know, they could pick them out. I think, yeah. it was, I think it was Rome that they said they did this. So you could see what people are good at or what they mm-hmm. gravitate towards. And then there's a school for that and they go there. Yeah. Instead of just one size means Yeah, all. instead of general, generals, which I get, you know, it's good to learn how to read and do math and different things like that. Some things you don't want to do and then you, it works out 10 years later when you're like, oh gosh, I'm glad I learned that. But Yeah. But then just practical skills yeah, exactly. are just out the window. Yeah. They don't, they don't teach you about taxes. Nope, no taxes. And I feel <laughs> like there's a huge, huge gap between a lot of people when it comes to book smarts and street smarts or common sense. Yeah. You know, and that that's that, like more people should learn how to work with their hands and be able to, you know, have multiple, mm-hmm. mul- multiple multifaceted skill sets. But yeah. because not everybody has or has the time, the illusion of time for creating, um, uh, hobbies like for you you're your hobbyist I am too like we always want to learn something new and if something's difficult we're going to try to figure out how to do it yeah. or at least try it out for a couple months and if mm-hmm. it doesn't we don't like it then you know maybe move on or whatever but right. I think a lot of people don't do that they get they, uh, uh, they get stuck you know like they have yeah. to pay their bills they get stuck in the rat race and then they they don't they don't grow further than that yeah and it's uh I think that starts really young of, you know, if something's hard and you get stuck, then just, you know, throw it away and it, you know, it's not meant to be or anything. And I think for me personally, I think that's the real importance of growing up doing difficult things. Like for me, it was gymnastics and my parents did let me quit eventually, but that was just because I was way more into soccer and, and also I was getting too tall for gymnastics. Yeah, that makes sense. Elite gymnasts are very short and I was you know pushing 510 at the time and um and all my friends were playing soccer and I was loving soccer and so that was what I went to do um in college but um doing gymnastics and just from a really young age when it's you know it can still be fun but it's you're learning a difficult skill and like I I taught gymnastics when I first moved to LA and it was so cool watching kids struggle to learn a cartwheel or a handstand and then you know a couple weeks go by and they've got it and just the joy they receive but they knew it was really hard but because it was so hard the payoff was even bigger and they knew that if they just kept trying then there you go but like as we get older we kind of we lose that memory of you know if you just practice things then you know you'll get better at it and there will be a huge payoff and I think that's maybe it's just us as a society is just getting lazy. I think that's a huge part of it. I think it depends on the way their upbringing is too. And like, cause yeah. my family, growing up with my family, they have big egos and they don't try a lot of new things or they're so worried about like that fake idea of what other people think of them that right. they, they, they close themselves down into a small little box, you know, like the sea urchins, you poke them 
and then they're done for the day, for an hour, right. you know? And I noticed that a lot with myself. I missed out on a ton of opportunities for like dancing or learning dances in front of people or different things because I was so worried about what I was gonna look like. And luckily I moved and I overcame that. But that's something I noticed with you, you have really good self-talk. Like I've seen us try to do something and I've heard you say out loud like, come on, Chris, you got this, <laughs> you could do this. One more try or whatever, you know, yeah. like whatever it may be. And I'm like, I, I, I emulate that now with myself and I even think of you saying it in your head and I'm like, come on, Justin, come on. <laughs> like, Sometimes you just got to hear your name in third right? person yeah. and it'll, you know, kick yeah. you in gear. Because I mean, and that's a, a real thing too, is like people talk about like the secret and manifesting and you were saying like when you get hyper-focused on something, that's when doors start opening. Yeah. But sometimes you have to do that hard thing is what I like to call those portals. You step through that portal and then you're like, oh crap this is where everything was. It's literally just on the other side of the veil. You had to open the veil and there's 10 more opportunities for you. Yeah, it's just changing your perspective. And if you don't change your perspective, you're never gonna see it the way that you can. And um, yeah, it's um, it's just something you just gotta fucking do it. Exactly, <laughs> or do something. You know, whatever do it is, something, do something. You need action to yeah. get there. And, and, yeah. and I think too, that's a huge thing of uh, the difference between pleasure seeking and depending on what neurotransmitters you're f wired for, um, learning to fail and looking for the long term. Like, so mm. using acetylcholine or acetylcholine or instead of dopamine or serotonin, that's like the long game. Like, mm. people, it's hard for people, for myself, it was hard to see the long game. And I think that's where purpose comes into play. Some people don't have purpose because they're so dopamine dependent and they yeah. only have that short term validation. And right. If they don't get that, then they crumble. Yeah. Yeah, it's the whole, you know, just suicides going up like crazy because of the pandemic because people are losing their purpose with, you know, whether it's work or not being able to go outside or all that, like it's, it's the case study is right there. You take away people's freedoms and then, you know, depression is going to skyrocket because yeah. they have no purpose. And there's so much artificial happiness with caffeine or nicotine yep. or anything. Alcohol. And alcohol. Yeah, exactly. And so they get away from like, there's a book called the Kabbalion and it's based off of Hermites Hermetic principles, which are passed down from eons and one of the things that they talk about is there's multiple levels to your highest self or like god or whatever you want to call it and so there's levels to that and so like you have different dimensions in each dimension like say if you were looking at it like the highest version of yourself is skydiving and then you have multiple layers of yourself in between that and the person that you that's grounded on earth so like each dimension has a higher vibrational frequency of who you are and to get to that next level you have to be a little more clear-headed a little more clear-headed so like that's why when people are trying to get to the flow state it's to me that's a direct uh link to your highest self and your highest self being your conscious or the good side of things you know yeah but yeah, so they talk about there's levels and each level is a higher version of yourself, but you're all intertwined. But if you're taking substances in over time, like that's a, so you're, you're basically like off frequency or off like, so like a yeah. radio frequency. So you can hear muffled, but it's not tuned in because your station's off. Yeah, you're like, kind of undercutting yourself. Yeah. yeah. You know, do you know Esther Hicks, Abraham Hicks? Sounds familiar. So Esther Hicks is the woman's name and she, um, Abraham speaks through her, so she's a medium essentially. She's an author and there's tons of videos online, but she calls that being in the vortex 
and it's that just higher frequency of your true self and getting to that point is when you're in the vortex and that's when everything is working out and you're feeling like your highest self and um, my wife and I we really subscribe to that and it's yeah it's, it, it is that flow state and it, not even like when you're doing an activity it's just going from day to day you're just feeling your best like you can accomplish everything you set your mind to then you're in the vortex and you're feeling it and, and it's okay with being aware of the polarities of both because you wouldn't understand your highest self or feeling great if you didn't have those lows. Yes. And it, it's yeah. finding it's finding the 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 good habits to bring you back to base level. Yeah. You know, like reciting yeah. like your, your your crosshairs. Sometimes they'll get off when you take a shot or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's the same concept as like not letting your brain go back to the negative habits that can be associated with feeling like crap and you're yeah. trying to get back to that base level artificially or whatever it may be yeah. you know, stimulants or whatever or do you, right. you get grumpy one day and then you let that those let that sit in your brain and then those thoughts go into the next day and the next day or whatever you know yeah yeah or it's when you're in those low states it's you know, it can be tough, but you can be thankful for them because then you just say, well, I don't want this anymore. How do I not experience this anymore? Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't think that unless you were in that low state, you know, you figure out what you don't want to then figure out what you do want and get to what you do want. Exactly. And then that's embracing the struggle, whether it's ghrelin, which for some people that know, don't know what ghrelin is, that's the... Um, the feeling basically the feeling or the hormone related to hunger and so your body that when you feel hungry that's ghrelin basically and that's a survival tactic for your body to warn you that hey we're getting close to a caloric deficit that you need to start eating again um but so going back okay so like we'll circle back around so what are some of the hard things that you did in your job that helped level you up to the next uh, level, like say for maybe work or in life in general, some of the things that you were questioning being able to overcome that you did, and then it opened up three or four more doorways. I would think I would just come with learning new skills, and for me, it was mainly martial arts and. Coming from a gymnastics background, all flips and twists had to be perfect. And so in, let's say, like fight scenes or other, other, you know, high falls or something like that, obviously in film and TV, they don't need to be perfect. They shouldn't be because then it just looks rehearsed. So it's kind of unlearning habits um, and then learning new skills like you know, Taekwondo and um, Jiu Jitsu, Judo and all that, which being like, I played soccer and then I did gymnastics, but I was never really super physical growing up. You know, soccer obviously is a physical sport, but not as much as like wrestling or football. And so that was more difficult to learn. And so just the discipline of, no, I have to go to class today. I, you know, that voice in the back of my head is just saying, well, you could just go flip around, do what you're used to. But it's that, you know, if I wanted to grow in my career and in my skill set, I needed to just try different things. Um, there's a, you know, a driving course that I did that is 
was very expensive, but like I had to invest in, you know, my future in, in my career. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it was all those things of, you know, it's a good idea, but something in the back of my head is saying, no, just keep doing what you're doing. Don't change what you're doing. And I've gotten to the point where I've made a habit that if it's something different, I will gravitate towards that and it will be an obvious yes, I need to do that. But I definitely took practice of, you know, it's so easy to be lazy and just keep on doing what you're doing. Um, but now I, as I'm getting older, I'm seeing the real value in just doing something different. Mm-hmm. Um, like, or standing up and taking out the trash the second you, you know, like those kind of little things yeah, too. Just, just like that good habit like that. stacking. I could do that later. No, yeah. just, no, do it just now. Do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think most lately it's, you know, it's not related to my, to work or anything, but it's, I think pretty important as I'm learning to hunt and, you know, I grew up with guns, but never hunted, fished maybe once in my life. And I decided this year that's a skill that I want to learn. And, um, I'm super excited to, to learn it, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's also an investment because obviously, you know, it's expensive equipment and time invested in learning to shoot and all that. But, um, but that's something also that, you know, I'm just trying to learn as many new things as possible and useful new things too. Yeah. Skill sets. It'll be like, you know, farming and, and hunting and it just, yeah. just in case if shit hits the fan, Who knows? you know, you got a clean fan Yeah, and you don't have to wipe the shit off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. And that's something that I've learned over time. And my biggest thing I think was moving instead of separating myself from friends and different toxic habits that I didn't even know I had at the time, it was completely moving myself to a different state, you know, like you, you're like, okay, I want to try something different. Yeah. And then that opens hundreds of doors, you know, being here, I'm sure you've met plenty of people like myself or other people that fine tune little things for you. You're like, Oh, like, like, like I tell people for fitness or anything else. Uh, it's, it's like having a 12 string guitar and being able to tune your strings to different music to play different things, but they're the same 12 strings. And like, so yeah, you might have acrylic strings or, you know, like the, the nickel plated, whatever it is, but being able to tune you, which is a guitar to certain levels, uh, or certain, certain songs, uh, to be able to play them better. And that's, but at the same day, at the same time, it's the same guitar. You're just learning to play more and then yeah. being able to go back to certain songs later on because you know how to tune it, it play it. Variety. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly dimension. yeah and then i think that's one of those things that helps with um creating that uh that purpose for people to just live because you're living a life worth living at that point you know yeah so but um let's see um where where um where do you see yourself going with your career? Is there any, like, the, 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 is it the long game? Are you going to be doing this into your 50s or, or you just kind of? Yeah, I, I, you know, as of now, I, I'm loving what I'm doing. Um, and I see myself loving what I'm doing for, for years down the road. Um, I'd love to coordinate eventually. Um, 
and that that would be that's you know when I go on set and I'm performing in front of the camera or rigging or whatever I'm answering to the stunt coordinator on set so stunt coordinator is essentially the the go-between between the performers directors you know producers um, they are coordinating all the stunts that are happening in the project and I would love to get to that point eventually you know I'd say I'd say that's a few years down the road um, but I do love performing as well um, there typically is you know a shorter um, there's not as much longevity in performing because there is the potential for injury you know and all the training and all the beat downs and you know a lot of damage can happen to the body potentially but and I'm um, sure too on long like say if you have to keep doing the same thing or like some of those sets are really long you said like the time like the, your hours change like you know one day yeah. you could be up in the morning one day you're up all night yeah so all that it can you take know, a beating yeah. yeah the body can take a beating the mind can too yeah night shoots are not fun at all and, um, especially if you need to be analytical and you're tired that's yeah a, it's a rough combination yeah, you gotta it, put your game face on yeah that's uh yeah those are the things that you know worry my wife <laughs> but uh all right but you know, I'm, I'm also, I'm not convinced that I'm all, always going to be, have this perspective, you know, like two years from now, I could be totally over it. And I, you know, I just have to go with what I'm feeling. Um, or you have, you know, like the pandemic, which happened and the movies it. got shut down and yeah. you're like, Oh, exactly. Dang, I never thought this was going to happen. Yeah. But. Yeah. Or, um, you know, a few years back, there was a writer's strike that, you know, shut, shut Hollywood down for months and, that's that's when it, it does get scary. So that's when you have to make sure you have a nest egg or other means of income. Um, but I, you know, I I just love doing fun stuff. So you know, the stunts is not my whole identity. It, I'd say my identity is just doing fun shit. And so, yeah. <clears throat> hence why you know I live near the mountains now because I love mountain biking, rock climbing, snowboarding, traveling, all of that. So. As far as you know, my goals for the future is just continue to do as much as possible, and um, you know, you never know how much time you have. You know, exactly. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, you don't know when World War Three might break out, right? <laughs> Who knows? But um, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so uh, we got a quote for you. We'll we'll move into that. Um, so this one today is from uh, Tupac. And it says, death is not the greatest loss in life. The greatest loss is what dies inside while still alive. Never surrender. What does that mean to you, Chris? Let me hear it. I complete, completely agree with that. I think, of course, it's, it's easy to be scared of death and afraid of death and think that that's the worst thing that can happen um, for a lot of people, I think. Yeah, for sure, if they've experienced it. But then, you know, experience it personally, obviously we don't know what happens to us after death, but um, for the for us on this earth right now, yeah, I think a life where you have no purpose, where you're not, you have no motivation, nothing that's really sparking you throughout the day, I think yeah, that's that's not a, a life worth living in my in my perspective. Yeah, I I think we 
like there was some uh, synchronization, apparently I can't talk, um, with this. Because like I picked the quote, but as we were talking, it kind of was like your life story yeah, we've is been circling yeah, around, around it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I agree. It's it. I I see it, and that's my biggest fear. And there, that's the, I was never really money driven until recently to realize that's how I buy back my freedom from doing nine to five jobs or doing this or that or watching your parents or whoever it is that, yeah, they might have done their best to raise you in a certain way, but they they were suffering themselves and they didn't have their life. They weren't able to do things yeah. like we can because, you know, both of us work most of the door, like can work for ourselves. Like, yeah, you work for people, but you have a lot of time to yourself. Yeah. You're not so worried about the financial standpoint anymore. You know, I yeah. mean, it's still there, but it's not as like heavy. It's not a, it's right. such a heavy burden. Right. And I, I think when I hear this, it's, it's not even just like physical death. It's, it's spiritual death for those people that get so stuck in the rat race that they're dragging through this imaginary quicksand and they're always in a negative mindset and they're always having low self-talk and they're watching everybody else around them hypothetically yeah. in movies, uh, social media, everything, live their best life because they have a magnifying glass on the small moments that work the best in their life. Yeah. Because I can catch myself doing that too. Even with my friends, I learned to appreciate watching them. I'm like, that's great. That's cool. Oh man. But then in the back of your head, like a lot of us still have the, oh, must be nice, but you don't see the hard work that went into people's no. life to create that yeah and you too only many, see the best moments yeah. and too many so many people are scared to step out on that ledge and jump um with or without that parachute not realizing that it is attached and all you have to do is pull string yeah yeah i think yeah perfect example of that of that quote and how true it is is just the fact that there's so many people who commit suicide they would rather experience death mm -hmm. than put up with their life right now yeah. yeah, and there's always the, and with a lot of those, I mean, I've, I've just close a couple times, but luckily for me, I've done DMT, and that was, that opened your eyes to a bunch of different dimensions, and you realize, oh, I think our ego just has a terrible idea of what death is, like, it, it's like, oh, oh, this energy that we're created inside of us is infinite, like, it's gonna right. go on and on and on and on and on, and it's the ego that traps that traps our, us in that little box in our mind to think that death is so bad because we lose sight of somebody that when they pass away, so they're not there for us anymore, you know. But we don't know what that actually is. How, but yet, how dumb is our ego? You know, right? <laughs> and, but it, it's so crazy because like when I was reading, ego is the enemy, and this, that, and the other. Like I had a bad ego because I had bad habits stacked around it and mm. toxic, uh, toxic male influences my whole life. Yes, so it made me strong, it made me stand up to adversity when it comes to people or like, you know, but in like like when you say you weren't very physical, for me it was the exact opposite. I've been throwing hands since I was in first grade because I was one of 100 white kids at my school and everybody else made fun of them or tried to fight them or whatever. But yeah, I think it's, um, I, th I think it's wild to see where people's mind go and what, and I, I, unfortunately, I still think as technology evolves, we're getting, we're, a lot of people dive so big into like materialism and they try to find happiness the same place they lose it. Yeah. So for you and for me and people like ourselves, fortunately, we were able to find holistic based things that like going out into the wilderness or going into a cold bath or whatever it is. 
um, to find uh, real happiness, to create uh, foundational good habits, so then we know, okay, uh, this is a bad feeling, it's a lower vibrational frequency that I'm feeling, but I know if I have the awareness to pull back, then you can see what you did wrong, or, and then you don't go back down that. It's, it's always interesting to me that sometimes you can, you'll meet someone and you, see, you just see that they don't have that situational awareness and that, just that wherewithal to pull back and just think about how their behavior is affecting those around them or how they're seeing the world is way different and destructive. And I almost, I, I wonder, A, how they became that way. Is it just like a chemical, their specific chemical balance in their head? Or, you know, nature versus nurture. And then B, also, if, they're, if they are ever able to, you know, change their behavior and their perspective of themselves. You know, if they will ever be able to develop that trait of taking a step back and looking at how they're behaving, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's where it comes into like the conscious, subconscious and patterns, you know? Cause like some people don't even realize it. Like yeah. that, that it's their family members or it's their friends. Like for me going back home and seeing my parents and my, my sister and them, I'm like, oh, oh there's my childhood patterns that, right. and that's why that happens. But I think it's, it's not just like one thing, it's everything. It's every little environment because like even changing the color of your carpet in your house can change your mood or change right. something you know like right so for me like like with my facial hair thing you know i had a mustache shave it off and i, I feel a little different or people say that i look a little different so it's just like i think it's like the the tiny little tidbits of your life that for you you change a lot and it's good like you have the foundational steps in your life that you're like okay these are good habits so i will continue to stack them but then you see something like that's a little off or you want to change a little bit and you can play with that. And I, it, it's, it's wild to, yeah, like you're, like we're saying, a lot of people don't, aren't able to see their life from an outside perspective. Do you think they can change that? Yeah. I, I, I think, I think if they're around the right people, I think it's environment. They have to have yeah. a ripple in their pond that causes that leaf they're traveling on to shift in a slightly different direction yeah. or rotate. Because if you're consistently looking northeast, you're never going to see what's to the west or to the to yeah. the south. You know, so I, I think it's possible. But if they are constantly surrounded by the same situations or the same environment, then yeah. it's going to be harder to change that. Yeah, it's it's like those people and. Typically, like middle America, who have never even left their town. Yes. You know? I, I, every time I go back to my hometown, I I feel like I'm in a time warp. Yeah. It trips me out. I can almost guess where certain people are going to be yeah. still, like at the bars or at this or at that. And that's the biggest thing: is going to different towns or going to even a different gym. Like for me, I, if, right. if I get too caught up in like <laughs> the the gym I go to now, I'll go to South Jordan or I'll go to a different mm. location, and then just kind of. Um, like have a factory reset like if you can yeah. have a factory reset sometimes then you realize you're it's just you getting in yeah. your own head about situations yeah that's why i think i love just uh travel and i believe so much in the importance of traveling and just experiencing 
totally different places than what you're used to. Um, And even it's moving. Like my wife and I, we were lucky enough to live in New Zealand for a year. And just that experience I look back on so fondly. Um, Even just the logistics of changing your address, getting a tax ID number and all the, all just the monotonous paperwork and all that. I don't know, I, I really think it enriches enriches your perspective and keeps you young. And Yeah, and being able to be somewhere that's longer than like a week even. Because yeah. even a week of going somewhere, you get a better idea. Because yeah. you can have this thing or even people, like yeah. talking to people about other people. Like, and then you get this idea, unfortunately, of somebody. And then you meet them and it's never, the, the, you're like, that is yeah. not that person. Yeah. It's not, that is not, I didn't meet the person. You met Wednesday. Yeah, I exactly. met Thursday, Friday when he was closer yeah. to his weekend. Like, yeah. so he's happier or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. even your perspective of that person is different yeah. than if you met him on a different day. Yeah. So, it, like, your perspective of a place, you know, if you're on vacation, great, everything's amazing. Stay there for a month. See how your perspective is then. You start, you know, your rose-colored glasses are off. But it also, you know, it just enriches your whole experience of of life. If, if you, you know, we, we were lucky enough, we were able to go to Africa last summer. And just being out there for, we were only there for, what was it, like 13 days, almost two weeks, I think. And just, we drove around for hours from place to place and just seeing... Like, we had no music in the car, no headphones. We weren't on our phones or anything. We were just looking out the window. And it was fascinating. And yeah, you're... sad and awesome and just everything all at once. Yeah, because then you're like, you know, you realize, like, when people say going outdoors, you're like, no, no, bitch. This is indoors. That's just yeah. life. That's reality for everything yeah. else. Oh, man. Everyone outside all day, every day, walking miles with jugs of water. It's just... Yeah, talk about, like, really making you feel thankful for what you have. And, oh, like, never wanting to complain again. One of the like, craziest things I've ever done is lived in a tent in Oregon, in the mountains in Oregon for two weeks. Really? Yeah, I was waiting wow. for a job to open up. So I, fl- I, I drove out there. I got paid. It was for Rick from Pawn Stars, his wife. I was helping <laughs> take care of, uh, like, an off. Yeah, so his wife, she's super cool. We used to train her when I was training pro athletes and people like that in California okay. for Human Garage. But, uh... So, yeah, she, I, I, I was like a test run to see how I do out there. Yeah. And it was even more wild because it was right when everything fell apart, like Human Garage, they you probably can't talk about it on air, but it, uh, let's just say I lost all my money, all my money, and then some. Ended up in $32,000 worth of debt, never got my back pay, never got anything. I was paying rent, doing all these things. And... California is expensive, especially Venice Beach. Super expensive. Oh, yeah. I changed, dropped everything in life, put everything in storage, got rid of it, drove all the way out there, thought it was going to be life-changing. It was, but it, I felt worthless and at, at like a failure point. And then I drive to my hometown. I think I'm going to get stuck in my hometown, and I had to borrow money from my dad. And I mean, I'm like 30 years old, and I have to... My dad's like, what is going on? So, you know, you have all that and all these identity crises. And I didn't know, like, felt like I didn't know who I was. And I felt a little bit suicidal or whatever. And I go to the mountains. And I'm there for two weeks, living in a tent. I got a cooler, dug a hole in the ground, put the cooler down underneath rocks and put some rocks over top of them and had, like, dry ice and all these things in there. And I would go to the cooler, grab the meat. I had a little open up grill and I was living there and I'm like, Oh my God, there's no, there's no time. It's daytime and nighttime. 
Yeah. There's so much it's time just for myself. Daytime and nighttime. Yeah. It made me realize going from LA and thinking I'm like, oh, I, I, there's too many people. I just yeah. want to live on the land. I just want to be this mountain man. And getting out there and be like, oh fuck, I am not a mountain man. <laughs> <laughs> there, a I mean, slap the, in the face from nature. Yeah, yeah. And it was like you know, like I had to worry about bears. Like the first right. time I got on the property, there was bears. I showed I could show you the videos of the bears. Um, oh, yeah. And so like, it, it's just like. Oh, that was, you know, it's just a perspective. Like, this is real life. Yeah. This is like, ooh, this is scary. Oh, nature doesn't give Yeah, a no, it does not are. give a fuck. <laughs> like, you can get fucked up by a pack of, like, woodpeckers. Yeah. <laughs> Anything would Like, there it. was, because there was, like, like, ferrets and little cute things running around out there. I think they're ferrets. I forget the name of them. They look like ferrets. But, yeah, I'm like... Oh, this is different. And I'm in like yeah. tall ass redwoods and stuff like that because it's just north of Northern California. It's a yeah. Port Offord, like right after. I think that's filmed some of Narnia or something there. Like super pretty. But yeah. it's cold at night and like rainy a lot. Like I'm like, so yeah, just like being there for even that time period, I was like, this feels like forever. Yeah. And but then so worried, scary for a couple days. But after like the first few days, you start getting used to things and you realize, oh, I can do this. Mm-hmm handle this but i catch myself like calling like frankie or other people like just talk to somebody or trying to find a spot where i could can listen to a podcast so i feel like i'm talking to somebody mm. you never realize like oh i want to be alone but then we're not ready for that yeah. most most of us aren't at least yeah. you know but then as, as days go on you're, you get it gets easier or you, you get a rhythm and yeah. i think that's a huge thing that people need is finding uh, good habits to stack to have a routine because that's something I noticed for me. I wanted to be like, oh, I want to travel. I want to do all these things, travel all over the world. But you can really fuck yourself up if you don't have good habits to stack. And then you lose, like, you lose yourself while you're traveling. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you get to these beautiful places. But if you're not feeling well, you're not sleeping well, then you can't be as present as you thought you were going to be. Yeah. Yeah. We are creatures of habit. So, yeah, if you're just traveling, you know, going from... A to B and with no schedule at all and no no rituals to do throughout the day, you know, and that kind of you do lose yourself of any purpose. Then, you know, obviously, like or traveling can be your yeah. Purpose, your yeah. flight gets delayed and then you're on a fourteen hour flight somewhere yeah. and you're already and then you get there it's two a.m. or whatever and you were supposed to get there at this time and yeah. then you're you're just drained and you're you're already like you know seven a.m. you have something scheduled to go do and like you're right. like <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's a lesson to get through that and try to keep a positive attitude. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm lucky. I think I was born with just my default is optimism. Um, and so, it, but it, it's still, you know, like it, it takes practice to when something doesn't go your way to not just immediately respond with, oh, fuck, you know, what yeah. do I do now? It's more, okay, that wasn't meant for me. Or I'm meant to, you know, go down this path instead. And so it's just, it's just constant practice to try to just make that your immediate response to anything bad happening or things not going your way. Yeah, I actually did my first therapy session yesterday. And that was one of the things that he, well, for one, he was super stoked. This older guy, his name's Dave Simpson. And he's like, probably, I'm guessing he's in his seventies, but like we had really fun conversations, but that's something that he was saying. He's like, you got to make sure that you identify thoughts as thoughts and don't let those be created and turn into patterns or habits. Mm. You know, it, I'm butchering it. I have the quote and I'll, I'll check it again when it, like once we get off of it. Um, yeah, it basically says like thoughts are what are the foundations to creating habits 
Uh, so you don't, you got to make sure that those thoughts that go in there first are going to be the thing. And there's a guy named uh, Joseph Murphy that uh, wrote the, the Power of the Subconscious Mind. And that's what he talks about is, yeah, a lot of people want to create these mental farms, but they plant Brussels sprouts mm-hmm. and they expect sweet potatoes to grow. So if you're not planting the thoughts that you want, you're not going to be able to have patterns or things happen that are completely different than the thoughts and and habits you're creating for yourself. Wow. Yeah. It's, you know, sometimes you run into that person who, uh, I don't know, you you know, those people who sometimes when you're talking to them, you just feel like they just welcome bad things to happen to them. Yeah. That was me. That was me. (laughs) Like before you knew me, like, that was like my family's like that. Like they don't realize that they're harboring negative energy. And yeah, they're and, dwelling and, and dwelling and on like, the negative. Dwelling the negative. You know, I love my sister. I love my family. So I got COVID there. I don't know if the kids got from the kids or I gave it to the kids or whatever happened. But there was they were in contact with COVID. And then as soon as that happened, I could see. And like I said, I love my sister to death. But she, I noticed, and it's not just her. It's just people in general. Some people live kind of boarding lives so when COVID came around they they just feed on it it's like that negativity oh, and that, that that drama they're like ooh, yes. something's happening and then yeah. so then they're feeding the wrong wolf you know yeah, yeah. That, i mean i think for millions of people around the world this is the perfect opportunity to just dwell on right you know drama and Oh, I catch tragedy. myself too. Like I can't be on social media right now because of yeah. all the pages, the real news I'm oh, following, yeah. and I'm like, yeah. Whew, I catch myself breathing hard just while looking yeah. at it. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm chest breathing. I gotta. Yeah. This isn't my like, mouth breathing. Now. Yeah, exactly. This isn't it's, good. No, no, no. This isn't like. The next thing you know, you're like in. The, you're yeah, in that. But, turning into a gorilla. Just, yeah. Yeah, I was one of those people that was constantly a negative mind habit yeah. or negative creating negative and like th- thought the world was against me because mm-hmm. of the way my family and everybody grew up because a lot of them were going in and out of prison and we were like a lot of them were um the victims of their own mindset unfortunately they never understood to like repattern their childhood trauma and different things and they all had poverty mindset nine to five yeah. never go past that um just save money never invest into anything like other than a house or whatever but like you see that that like i catch myself still like like i i have a hard time uh feeling worthy of like success or love or whatever it is and i catch myself doing that like i won't be as optimistic as i should be and you know it's like like you said it's a skill like it's not always going to be there you gotta gotta pull it back in oh you gotta jump start it yeah and it's it's never it's never just handed to you and i mean right when you think you have it down like oh yeah okay i can be optimistic and all this then life's gonna throw something else at you that you don't expect and then you're gonna be like ah right and then that's when you got to be be aware of that yeah that you're you're not given i like so i like the theory that we all knew the life that we were gonna live and we came down here we were talking to god or whatever the higher power that you signed a contract saying hey i'm gonna go live that life (laughs) and that what happens is we keep coming back until we've learned all the lessons necessary to ascend. Well, and so like reincarnation happens and every time for certain people, except for lost souls and stuff like that, they get stuck in these, uh, lifestyles or whatever. And you know, some people don't learn, but I mean, whether this is true or not, I like to think this way because it, it makes me feel like I have more time 
And so like, I'm like, oh, just remember you signed this contract. You wanted this hard thing. You're manifesting all these hard things to build the best version of yourself. Don't crumble. Right. Don't crumble. You're, you're restructuring you're from you're the inside of the town. building. Yep. Yeah. You're, you're restructuring. You're building, you're building a structure. And as you're building the structure, you're reinforcing the structure as it's growing. Wow. I really like that. Yeah. That's a really cool take. So, you know, you're like, oh God, this wall, there's a, there's a storm over here. So I have to restructure this, but I'm also having to redo the doorways because these doorways aren't structured right. And then, so like you're, yeah. it's a constant battle, but like as long as you can find the good in every day, you know, even if it's a couple hours a day and there's some hard things. Yeah. So yeah. you just got to remember that, okay, I signed up for this. I signed up for all this. Yeah. But each time you, you know, overcome that, you're, you're better. You've developed a new skill. Yeah. You're ready for the next thing. that mm-hmm. life's gonna throw Even if you don't see it yeah. for a couple of years, there's been a few things. Where yeah. I'm like, Why didn't I do something? Like I see your yeah. lifestyle. I was like, Why didn't I do that earlier on? I'm, yeah. I didn't know I was going to be this athletic. I didn't really play sports till <laughs> high school. My parents were never into sports. They did, you know, like they, they didn't think they had the money for it or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we never went into sports and then I skate, I did skateboarding and stuff like that. And then I did water polo in high school and wrestling and different things. But I was the one that put myself into that. I figured out how to pay for those things for myself. Yeah. And yeah, like luckily there's boxing and stuff like that from a kid, but I was only doing that during summers and things Mm -hmm. like that. And then once I came into adulthood, but for me, I wasn't okay with losing because I didn't go through sports and stuff like that early on. So I had a problem with losing. I thought it was the end of the world. Yeah. And like, so now I get it's not, but I still catch myself like with cryptocurrency and different new skills that I'm just like, uh, this sucks. I'm just always going to suck at this. (laughs) Like, how how is it every coin I pick or this, that, the other is the exact opposite happens. Yeah. (laughs) I still don't know what an NFT is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck all these acronyms. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. So what, uh, you asked me, you know, my goals coming up, what are, what are your goals for your career and your life coming up? Um, so here's the funny thing. I'm fine tuning everything. So I have these meal prepping companies. I have two, like, as I built the second one, I think I manifested that I needed outside sources for sales. Cause I have a hard time reaching out to people all the time. It gets draining. I know I don't want to bug people. I feel like I'm bugging people. So I, I realize I'm like, Oh, I need to take this damn hat off, find somebody that this hat fits better. That's a professional at this. Now that I have the overhead mm-hmm. taken care of and that's where I'll outsource that kind of stuff. But I have this calling that keeps coming around to be like a Paul check. I have all this knowledge for all these different areas. And here's a crazy thing. So like I said today too, I was like, you know what? Maybe because Frankie, she bought me Wes Watson's course, which he's like, a, I don't know if you've ever heard of Wes Watson. He had 10 years in prison. He's a very, very fun person to listen to. A lot of cussing, but he's very in tune with himself. He doesn't do any drugs, doesn't do anything like that for 10 years. He says prison was one of the best things that happened to him. He's like, I don't know, like six foot jacked, jacked out of his mind. He used to be a pro snowboarder, been a drug dealer most of his life when he's and went to prison at like 24, got out at 30 or 30. 25, I guess, got out at 35, uh-huh. made millions again. But he had, he life. just stays disciplined. Yeah. And yeah. he knew he was gonna, he had his eyes fixed on training and he luckily got cell phone in, in prison and stuff like that, started doing TikToks and different things like that. So people, he grew a following. He has 200,000 followers, he has 55 million views on his videos, but he talks and he built this program. Um, he has nutrition planning, stuff like that. It's like 300 bucks a month or whatever. So she paid for a month because she said she was having a hard time helping me. She didn't know what to say. So it, she knew I looked up to him. So she had me try that. And he actually called me, What? called me and talked to me on the phone because really? he cares that much. 
he wow. had a whole conversation with me for like seven minutes, eight minutes. And he was like, he's very real. He was like, a person that has two meal prepping companies and is not some sort of a coach is fucking stupid, is what he said. And I was like, sir, I think he just called me fucking stupid, but I'm just going to keep going. You know, it's fine. It's criticism. Yeah. And I realized, I was like, maybe I should take back on coaching. Like nutritional coaching, I have these certifications. I, I know more about nutrition than most people will do. Right. And I need to get out of this idea that I'm not capable of being that person. And like what he says is he goes through these struggles and hardships so other people don't have to. He dedicates his life, his purpose to uh, the people. And so for me, if I can help fine tune my nephews and nieces and all these people around me, and, and, and I, I learn from my hardships and they learn from my hardships, but they don't have to experience the same things I do, right. then that's the person I need. Because I wanted to be this crypto trader. I didn't want to deal with like all these people's problems, but I keep coming back to helping people. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do like the holistic base coach from Paul Check uh, and do different things. Because I learned from Wes Watson that his training style and his style is not my style so mm. right now the reason i said all this is because the second i decided to take on some clients again i had people hit me up out of the blue both on facebook messenger haven't talked to any of them one of them was a, a guy from the gym that was just like hey i think you're the guy that needs to train me that's how it happens yeah yeah and it's like they're gonna be like a couple thousand dollar deals wow and my sales were slowing down and the sales, the numbers I wanted to hit for the month are probably gonna get hit for me taking on these two clients. Wow. And it filled the gap and I'm right back where I was, where I needed to be. That's awesome. Yeah, so for me- you get clear and set the intention. Yeah, and for me, I need to realize it's not forever. These things aren't forever, you can help these people and it's they're the steps I need to find my greater. So my greatest thing is to create a program um, I'm probably going to call it something like the survival guide for modern day society. And it'll be a bunch of fine tuned things, a book, different things on how people can implement and uh, stay in the metaverse, but also uh, stay in reality. So, so you don't, my, my biggest thing and one of the psychedelic experiences I had is I seen the metaverse for what it was. And it was people plugging into the back of their neck, like on uh, the matrix. Yeah. And everything was like this dystopian, like, like concrete, dirt, everything. Everybody's laying down and on like sidewalks and stuff like that. And there's just wires everywhere and you can just plug it in, boom, yeah. plug it in the back of your head. And then when you plug it in, you go off into some fantasy land. Mm -hmm. So as people evolve, I do, I like Joe Rogan and their theory about gray aliens being um, our future. Yeah. So they're, they're sentient beings that have our consciousness inside of them. So if we're there, there, that's great. Those people can do that if they want to do that. But for people like me and you I, and, and people that uh, like idolize us or look up to us, I want there to be the option as, as um, we evolve uh, consciously and like into this metaverse and like technology evolves, our bodies don't devolve. We can get back mm -hmm. into the primitive like toe spreaders, like being able to activate your feet properly, handle cold water, mm -hmm. be able to stand in the snow with uh, have proper vasodilation, so you have pro proper blood flow to your fingertips and your your feet, and just different things like that. So, for me, it's fine tuning and learning all these skills and taking on more responsibility and aspects of my life that I don't think I'm capable of right now, or I have this like I'm not Paul Check, so I I grade myself, and so I don't think I can handle like it's not that. I, I can't handle it. I just, I feel imposter syndrome. Like, oh, I'm not mm. this guy. So mm. I shouldn't, he should go to this guy. Right. He's never going to see that guy. They don't right. give a fuck. They're like you. 
And so, like, what, what Wes Watson talks about is, like, what's your brand? Who are you? Like, you want people, if people idolize you, then you have to create something. If people want to be uh, similar to you or they look up to you, then be be that. Like, the, yeah. it, I just posted some, a story about it. He says, his, the greatest asset you can invest into is yourself. doesn't matter money, all those things. Yeah. You need money. But the greatest asset, if you're a fat millionaire what the fuck are you doing? Like, you know, because then my family members and stuff like that, I see that with my nephews. Like when I'm there, they want to do push-ups and run around the block with me. Awesome. And, but when they're not there, what do they do? They want to eat donuts and do all the yeah. things that my other family members are doing, right. you know? So for me, it's, it's, it's taking on more responsibilities, even if I don't want to do them at that time, uh, and running with it and seeing where I can put them all in the mixing pod and create this delicious stew that's yeah. going to be a book and like a, um, a corporate wellness program later on down the road. So it helps with longevity of people's uh, careers, less likely to commit suicide, more likely to understand and have a skill set or tool belt to be able to handle um, greater adversity in their like sit down workspace. So it's, it sounds like, yeah, like, um, I think a lot of people in you know, fitness and wellness industry, they're very against where technology's going, mm-hmm. but it sounds like you, it's more like, yeah, no, embrace where technology's going. You need both. But how do you be a hybrid in that yep. world? Of, you know, it's you like know, the same people that were against the printing press or, yeah. or, or anything. I was against technology for a little while, but I realized you need all of it. We, yeah. These NFTs and this cryptocurrency is helping people pull themselves out of holes, and we're fighting back against the government now. Oh, yeah. I mean, did, did, for example, Canada, they're freezing bank accounts. Yep. Well, guess what? If you have a hardware wallet with your crypto, they can't touch that. Can't touch it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and Perfect. we need the decentralized. So I want – but I also want these decentralized models for, um, for fitness, like, and different aspects. And I'll talk to you off this. I haven't – we're talking about doing an NFT with all this stuff too. Uh-huh. Um, but it's, it, it, and, and that's why I said like the demigods, like why we want to create something that isn't this fucking indoor shaved leg wolf, gym wolf or whatever, you know, like the, and unfortunately there's a lot of these guys that look like badasses that have never been punched in the face. And there's this big <laughs> false thing. Like you open right. hand slap one of them, they're going to drop their hundred pound dumbbells and go, yeah. Oh no. You know, like there's those things like you need all of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. And that's a thing. It's like, go ahead and peacock. That's fine. Those are feathers. That isn't fur. You're not a wolf. You're a peacock. Yeah. You know? And yeah, like it might hurt when you knit me with your, with your little, um, your little beak, but those aren't claws. Those aren't big canines. Unfortunately, you have not developed those skills. Yes. But it, it's just it's just everything, you know, and it's being able to look like you like you were saying, if you wouldn't have done gymnastics, if you wouldn't have done martial arts when you didn't want to get up in the morning, I catch myself I go into like depressive states because like I did ketamine recently or whatever and it's substances and I'm looking for happiness the same place I lost it. Mm-hmm. And instead of taking on more adversity and taking on a higher uh, workload and taking on uh, more burden on my shoulders uh, to make sure that other people can overcome things, you know, like, so you take a little bit more of a burden just so the future generations will be able to handle uh, their life a little easier. Just, you know, because yeah. if, if you inspire 10, 100, 1,000 people, 
then those people can expire, uh, expire, <laughs> inspire eventually, though, but inspire another thousand people. Next yeah. thing you know, within four years, you were able to help 50,000 people. Yeah. And I think that's the goal is just to help either me or help spark somebody create the idea of uh, something greater for um, uh, combating uh, and finding a way to ground themselves or develop skills to um, fight head on the depression and the the idea of modern day life. I love that. So in closing, what are some ideas, theories, or um, things that you would like to tell people uh, to maybe help them out in the long run or like some of the things that help you out the most or anything that you think uh that a message that you'd like to get out for other people Mm. man i think uh i think i'd just like to circle back to kind of that central theme of what we're talking about is um you know, say yes to new experiences and say yes to those things that might seem difficult, but you just know will serve you. You know, I'm all about doing things, doing whatever you want to do, do what feels good, because that'll make you feel good. But think about how it's going to serve you, whether it's your career or just your personal health, you know, just a dumbed down example is I don't want to go to the gym today but whoever goes to the gym and when they're done regrets going to the gym it's kind of that so whatever it might relate to I would say just you know how do you want to look back on your day do you want to feel accomplished then there's an easy answer say yes to it um, and, it, and it's and you're talking just so people are clear you're talking about the things that make you feel good for the long run and for the day not for the five minutes so not like not like the coffee or the snack like the things for longevity like the things that'll get you through the whole day yeah i'm thinking or or parts of the day i'm saying yeah more stuff things that will serve you for the long run exactly yeah like those good things that'll make you feel good that that'll give you more power throughout the day rather than like the short term absolutely yeah yeah all right well it's been a pleasure having you on thanks for having me Justin. uh this is uh just in our minds and uh thank you for listening and uh thank my buddy here chris uh for petting our cat while podcasting <laughs> and i uh, love each and every one of you And have a wonderful day. I believe in each and every one of you. Just remember to believe in yourself. As much as you work out, we must work in. This is Justin, and let's try not to stay in our minds.